I'm Stephanie Lugo, and this is The Market Authority Show. Hey, I'm Stephanie Lugo, ex-corporate nine-to-fiver turned top producing realtor and coach. It wasn't all that long ago that my husband and I quit our nine-to-fives to start our real estate business together with no experience in the industry, just a dream for a life with more freedom and flexibility and the chance to impact others along the way. But it wasn't always easy, and I remember what it felt like to lack the confidence, direction, and know-how that we needed to build our dream business. Fast forward through lots of work, failed attempts, and lessons learned, and you'll see what we've built today, a business that offers us more freedom and income than we ever thought possible and changes the lives of others every day. I created the Market Authority Show to enlighten the path to becoming an authority in your market. I'm here to share simple, actionable, step-by-step help and inspiration to build your dream real estate business with help from timeless principles and today's cutting edge strategies. Whether you're just starting out on your real estate journey or you've been around for a while, we've got a few tricks up our sleeve that you'll want in on. So let's dive in. This episode is brought to you by the Market Authority Academy. I created this mentorship program because I remember what it was like to be lost and isolated and completely overwhelmed by the real estate industry. And I just felt like my business was totally out of control. I wonder if you can relate to me (laughs) at all there. But now I get to help real estate agents around the world get their time back and earn more income than ever while they're at it by using the latest social media strategies and business systems. You can get started for free. Check out how to register for my free masterclass where you can join me live to learn how to triple your real estate business this year. And I'll be sharing the three systems that you need to triple your real estate business on and off social media. Check out the show notes to register for this free training. I cannot wait to see you there. So I have a really exciting episode for you today on the Market Authority Show. I'm really excited to bring you one of the most well-known minds in Instagram marketing. His name is Brock Johnson, and he's a 23-year-old Instagram marketing expert, but do not let that age fool you. Brock has built a six-figure online business while playing college football, and he now teaches thousands of entrepreneurs across the world how they can organically grow on Instagram. He has a super awesome podcast that you can listen to. You definitely want to follow him on Instagram where you can see all of the ways that he's using these strategies that he shares for his own personal account. He's on Brock He's on Instagram at Brock11Johnson. Heyo. But Brock really knows the nitty gritty behind making Instagram work for your business. He keeps it real, he keeps it accessible, and he practices what he preaches. So for that reason, I was really excited to bring him onto the Marketing Authority Show to give you some tips that you can level up your Instagram marketing with in 2021 and beyond. And in this discussion, we cover a lot, okay? We go through just about everything, but you're gonna love when we share the latest trends on Instagram that real estate business owners need to know. You're gonna love how we share how to post consistently and authentically on Instagram, even if it doesn't feel authentic yet. He shares the easiest way to explode your reach in 2021 on Instagram and 
so much more. Seriously, I hope that you have a pen and paper because you're going to be taking notes like crazy. I know I was. To that end, let's listen to Brock. Hey, Brock, thank you so much for joining us on the show today. Stephanie, thank you so much for having me. The pleasure is all mine. So for those who are not yet familiar with you, can you just give a quick um, quick background on who you are, right? Like where you are today and how you got there. Absolutely. So I am a 24-year-old Instagram marketing expert. Basically, my job is to help small business owners, entrepreneurs, network marketers, CEOs build their business on Instagram organically. That means you're not going to have to pay for advertisements or boosting posts or or anything spammy or salesy like buying followers. So I want to teach you how to grow your Instagram with the tools that you already have and know how to use Instagram and all that good stuff. Uh, My background though, I actually got my start uh, about four or five years ago in Snapchat. So my niche has changed and evolved over time, but I actually started out helping moms keep their kids safe on Snapchat. At the time, Snapchat was like blowing up. It was as popular and in the news as much, if not more than TikTok is nowadays, right? And I uh, basically, I started my business teaching moms how to keep their kids safe. And a lot of people don't know that. Um, but it was from learning to use Snapchat and learning to use Instagram that eventually my niche, my industry, it grew, it evolved, it evolved and it changed into now what it is today, which is helping thousands of other business owners grow and market and leverage the power of Instagram. Okay. I... I'm so shocked that I did not know that because I've been following your journey for a long time. (laughs) Um, You're like a top 100 podcast, like you put out a ton of content, especially around the things that I'm super interested in. I had no idea. And I've had my fair share of snapping in the day, but that's kind of interesting. So yeah, that was that was how I got started. And I was actually really, really blessed. I should also say that um, I was a college student athlete, so I played college football. And that's really why I had to, a big reason of why I got into the entrepreneurial world um, is because I didn't have time to work a traditional job. I didn't have those hours available. I had to work here and there, throwing an hour in here, a couple hours in the evening here between practice and weights and also classes and homework and all that stuff. So I was a student athlete. um, And I also am very, very blessed to say that by my sophomore year of college, um, I was a six figure earner with my at the time Snapchat business. And now it's grown and evolved. And it's something totally different. uh, But a lot of the same principles still apply. That is so cool. So when I'm the vein, that's really interesting to me here is that you were able to evolve and pivot, right? As like your interests or as needs changed and developed. So tell me a little bit about like that core brand and those values that you developed that allowed you to do that. Yeah, absolutely. So whether I'm talking to moms about keeping their kids safe on on Snapchat, which I now don't do at all anymore, or I'm talking about Instagram growth or TikTok or whatever platform, any business that I have or will have in the future, it's all based around service and servitude. Mm. And I think I made a, an Instagram post the other day that basically said like, my aesthetics will change the looks and colors and fonts of my brands will change, but my brand is not built on an aesthetic or a color scheme or a palette of fonts. My brand is built on service. And if anyone knows the Enneagram, I'm an Enneagram two, which is nicknamed the helper. That's my thing. I just love helping and serving people. So no matter what I'm doing, I know that I'm going to lead with service. And it sounds weird because, you know, it's business. So we need to make money, right? We need to make sales. We need to get customers. But I think when you lead with service and serving your audience, serving your customers, serving your followers, 
all of that will grow and your business will take care of itself. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. And that is an idea that we talk a lot about on the Market Authority Show. And we're speaking primarily to an audience of like real estate professionals. And it's difficult because for us, one of the biggest struggles that our industry has had throughout time, and by the way, real estate is one of the oldest longstanding industries that is still like it is today. Um, And the trade organizations behind it are actually over 100 years old. Um, But the problem is because we have been doing things the same way for so long, once Mm -hmm. tech and social media entered the picture, most real estate agents were really caught off guard with how quickly things changed. And so we didn't have to actually learn how to articulate that brand and what made us unique, what made us special and what our function actually looked like. Um, and that's something that I teach real estate agents a lot to do, like how to actually execute that in a brand on social media. Um, so to that end, like you're talking about service and serving, which is the exact opposite of selling, in my opinion, what does serving look like to you when you're on social media today? Mm -hmm. Serving specifically on social media with your social media posts is about providing value with every single piece of content you put out. My goal with everything I post to my Instagram feed, to my YouTube channel, to my TikTok account, everything I post, my goal is, will someone be served by this post? Will someone find this post valuable? And a good way to you know, determine that question or answer that question is, would this post matter if someone doesn't know me? If someone doesn't know me, if they've never met, if we're not friends or family, would this post matter to them? Would they care about this? And most often what we're going to find is if the post is serving them, if it's valuable, then yes, it will matter to them. But if the post is self-serving, if it's all about you, if it's me, me, me type of content, if it's, you know, look at my family, here's us on vacation, here's my cute dog on the couch, here's my kid on their first day of school, here's what I ate for breakfast this morning. That type of content, it just falls flat on its face. It doesn't help you grow. It doesn't help you get engagement because it's all about you. It's self-serving. And if someone doesn't know you, honestly, they don't really care to see that stuff. Mm -hmm. So for me, who has, um, who I assume is the cutest baby on the entire planet and who loves sharing pictures of him. That is something that's actually a core part of my strategy. So I love sharing those like personal photos and that vein. But I think that to your point, there is a balance, right? You have Mm -hmm. to have kind of of a balance. And one thing that I try to find is like in real estate specifically, our ideal client, like who we're speaking to, they can be anywhere in that cycle of homeownership where um, about 5% of our audience has any care to transact with us in the next 12 months. Um, 12 to 18 months, actually. So really the struggle is trying to like speak to them and provide value, but also stay relevant to those who are not right now buyers. So how do you come up with a strategy that's going to have a good mix? Or how do you find like a ratio that's easy to stay consistent with in terms of different topics of posting? Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. I think I could talk specifically about Instagram because that is my background. That is my expertise on Instagram. In the Instagram feed, I think it's okay to occasionally share those personal things. And the benefit there is that it builds the relationship. And ultimately, whether you're in in any industry, but especially in the real estate industry, you need to build relationships with people. You need to build trust, likability. People need to like 
understand your values and feel like they can really, you know, uh, know who you are and understand who you are and, and uh, trust you before they work with you. You know, I'm, I'm sure that that's true. So of course, sometimes in the Instagram feed, you can share things about your life. You can share your super cute baby. You can share things that are, are personal, your relationships. You can share, you know, we were talking about before we started this interview about those big life events, getting engaged, getting married, having a kid, having a birthday, things like that. I'm never going to tell you to not celebrate and enjoy and live your life. But I think when it becomes that our Instagram feed is just a celebration of ourselves and it's all about us, me, 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 that's when it starts to become tough to grow. And even though that's plenty of opportunities for people to get to know you, it's a little bit too much. It's like if you were to go on a first date and the person just spends the entire time talking about themselves the entire time, you're not curious. You're like, I didn't get to talk about myself. I don't feel served. I didn't get anything out of that. All I did was get to hear uh, a monologue for an hour and a half. So in your Instagram speed, in your Instagram feed, excuse me, I think it's okay to occasionally every once in a while, maybe one or two times a week, share those more personal uh, pieces of content where I think you can share that stuff all the time, all day long is in your Instagram stories, mm -hmm. because that's what your Instagram stories are for. That's what they are designed for. That's how people use and interact and what they expect from Instagram stories on Instagram stories. They expect this really personal look at your life, a behind the scenes window. They want to see it all. They want to see what you had for breakfast. They want to see your workout. They want to see what you're doing throughout the day. They want to see the music you're listening to. People tune into your Instagram stories to learn about you as a person, and they're not necessarily going to your Instagram stories uh, to get a ton of value or a ton of substance. So I think that your Instagram stories are where you can really let your personality shine and, and build those relationships with your audience. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. And I think that that's really the key is like knowing exactly where you can really go deep or where you can go wide. Um, and Instagram yeah. is awesome because it has so many different outlets for doing that. Um, so mm -hmm. let's talk about the different facets of Instagram and different like types of content we can be creating because I was looking at your feed and I'm seeing a lot of reels activity, which is very exciting to me. Can we talk about reels a little bit and go deep there for those who might be like a little hesitant to get started on their own? Yeah, absolutely. So if anyone, first of all, has no clue what Reels are, Reels is Instagram's version of TikTok. It's Instagram trying to monopolize that audience and take that audience away from TikTok. Basically, they are 30 second or less videos that loop. So they play on a continuous loop and they're supposed to be something of either entertainment, education. Sometimes I like to marry those two together and call it uh, edutainment, educational entertainment. Um, but basically there should be some value or some substance. Most people um, will either do some sort of like dancing, choreography, lip syncing. And that's what we're used to seeing on Instagram Reels and TikTok. And I think that's why people shy away from using Instagram Reels. But what I'm noticing specifically on Instagram with Reels compared to, you know, TikTok videos over on TikTok is that people are using their Instagram Reels to provide a lot more value. I mean, think about in a 15 to 30 second little window, can you provide a short sound by just a few sentences of value, maybe a, a top tips or, or a couple resources or websites to check out or a lesson learned? I think that's a really great way to use your Instagram reels is really just to focus on that educational uh, piece. You know, not everyone finds themselves super funny or super captivating or entertaining. Not all of us can dance and move and lip sync and all that great stuff. 
But you don't have to do that on Instagram Reels. What you can do and what you should do is something that we can all do, which is just provide value, be educational, give some tips, some resources, some insights. Um, and that's a really powerful way to use Reels. And to tie this all up, the reason that you should be using Reels is that there's no hotter piece on Instagram than Instagram Reels. Instagram is pushing them to the masses. I get multiple direct messages a day from my clients and students who are like, Brock, I posted this reel a few minutes ago. I have 300 followers and it already has like 10,000 views. How is this happening? And I say, that's just how reels work. That's how they, they work on Instagram. Instagram is trying to make sure that a lot of people see your Instagram reel. So even if you don't have a ton of followers, you can reach a ton of new potential followers and a ton of new eyeballs if you use Instagram reels effectively. Yeah, I think that that's really interesting. And I think that that creates a really compelling reason for somebody to get into it. And, and like, let's talk, I know this seem this might sound elementary, but let's talk about the difference here. Because when we're creating like a post on the feed, which is like the standard OG style of posting to Instagram, what's the standard reach on something like that? Would you say? Mm -hmm. Typically, yeah, typically you can expect around 20% of your audience uh, to, to see, view that post. So, you know, if you have a thousand followers on Instagram, you should expect your reach to be around 200 people. Got it. And then engagement mm -hmm. is going to be a smaller portion of that, like maybe five to 7%, depending on how, how great your audience is engaged already, right? Yeah, exactly. So engagement right. is usually like 10%-ish of that 20%. So if you think, you know, I have a thousand followers and it's reaching 20%, so it's reaching 200 people. And then about, you know, maybe 10% of those people are going to engage. You can expect about 20-ish likes and or comments on that post. So uh, the numbers really get a lot smaller, but you know, uh, to go back to reels, what we're noticing with reels is oftentimes people are getting impressions and views and reach that is equal to, if not surpassing the number of followers they have. People with a thousand followers are getting 1200, 1300, 2000 views consistently on their Instagram reels. And so what that tells me is not that necessarily 100% of their followers are seeing their reels. You know, maybe it is a decent percent, maybe it's 50, 60% of their followers. But what it really suggests to me is that a lot of new potential followers are being reached. A lot of people who do not follow these accounts are seeing these reels and that's a perfect opportunity uh, to gain new followers. Yeah. Yeah. My following, I grew my following almost 10% in the last month, um, wow. just from utilizing that feature. And it's so cool because like there for so long, there were so many people griping about the algorithm and it's throttling my reach and no one's seeing my posts, but now you have the key, like in my opinion, this is the key to organic growth in 2021 and beyond. So how often should one be doing reels on their Instagram? Mm -hmm. I can tell you exactly what Instagram recommends. Like what I'm about to share is Ooh. explicitly from Instagram. It was leaked. Um, Instagram told a couple of influencers and creators, like, here's what we recommend. And then of course that information was leaked out to the public. What Instagram recommends is four to seven Instagram reels per week. Break that down. And of course, we don't want to do the minimum. We want to do what exactly what they recommend the maximum. 
that's seven reels a week. That's a reel a day, which is exactly what we have been teaching our students for the last few months is you should be trying to make at least one Instagram reel a day. Is every one of those going to go viral? Probably not. Is every one of those going to get thousands and thousands and thousands of views? Probably not. But if you make a reel a day for three weeks or more, I guarantee at least one of those will go viral or it will go uh, VFM, viral for me. Viral mm -hmm. for me. And that's a, a metric that I want people to start to think about because oftentimes, you know, our, we have a thousand followers and we get 3,000 views on a reel and we're like, oh, it didn't go viral. It didn't reach 14 million people. Okay. Maybe it didn't reach 14 million, but it reached 3,000 and you have a thousand followers. That reached 300% of how many followers you have. So I think that that is something that we should celebrate. And I think that we should try not to compare our viral videos to other people's viral videos. Let's focus on viral for me content. I love that. I'm going to make a note. I want to come back to the comparison game because I think that it's mm -hmm. really important to dismantle. But first, I want to go a little deeper here because I love what you're sharing. Um, so four to seven reels a week. That to me sounds really exciting. And that is something that I can definitely do. Um, but thousands of real estate agents across the country have just broken out into hives. How, yeah. <laughs> how do we help them make this feel more approachable and more manageable? And the biggest obstacles that they're going to have is how do I come up with the ideas? But what's really going to hold them back is how do I feel comfortable to do this in the first place? So can we talk about that a little bit? Yeah, absolutely. So uh, let's talk about that one first. How do I get more comfortable on camera? Okay. Getting comfortable on camera is the same way you get comfortable in any other circumstance. How does a basketball player get comfortable shooting free throws? He practices and he practices not in the most high pressure environment. Like right now, March Madness is going on. He doesn't wait until he's in the final four on the free throw line with uh, uh, three seconds left and they're down by one to start practicing his free throws. Mm -hmm. He practices in the most low pressure environment possible. Probably when he was really young with nobody around in the middle of the night in a basketball gym with no, like there's nobody there, no, nobody watching, there's no pressure. And so let's try to apply those same principles to practicing being on video. A lot of people say, I, I, I just don't feel that I'm, I'm getting the results I want from Instagram. Nobody's watching my content. I post Instagram stories and it gets zero views. That's totally fine. Use that as an opportunity to practice. That was one of my really big uh, proponents to Snapchat back in the day, to, to circle all the way back to the beginning when we were talking about Snapchat. I would tell people Snapchat is a great place for you to practice recording short form video. You can now practice recording these little tiny video clips and maybe only a handful of people are ever going to see them. But let's continue using this example. Maybe you're arguing with me and, and you're listening right now or you're watching and you're like, okay, but Brock, I actually do get views on my Instagram stories. Like I can't just post anything. I can't use Instagram stories to practice because there's already some pressure there. Okay, cool. Go to TikTok. Maybe, you, you know, start a new TikTok account with zero followers. Start a new Instagram account that has zero followers and keep it private so that no one can follow you and use these platforms where you have a little to no following as a place where you can practice, a, a low pressure environment where you can just practice being on video. I can tell you, like I can show you the videos from five, six years ago. And I was raised in a family where my mom was on TV all the time. I was in front of video cameras from a very young age. And even five, six years ago, when I first started this business, you would die laughing at some of my videos. And these were videos that I was putting in like courses, things that I was selling. 
they're hilarious because they're so horrendous. They're like <laughs> terribly shot. I, I sound like a robot. There's no uh, emotion in them. The angle of the video is bad. The lighting's bad. The sound, everything is terrible. But they, those were opportunities for me to practice. And you don't get good on video. You don't get comfortable on video without practicing. So I think a really tangible way, like I said, is to pick a social media platform where you don't have a big following, where you don't feel pressure and just start practicing, uh, getting more comfortable on camera. And then eventually you'll be like, Psh, Instagram reels. I can make 10 of those a day. And that could last me for a couple of weeks. I could go on Instagram live all the time. I could record Instagram stories throughout my day with total comfortability. And are you going to get there overnight? Probably not. But if you continue to practice, you will get there. Yeah, I, I love that so much. I don't know why I never thought of that because my my approach is like, just rip off the bandaid and get it done, right? Because mm -hmm. like I, at some point, I just decided that we don't have the luxury to decide whether or not it's, if it's for us, right? Mm -hmm. Like I, we were kind of talking offline, like the industry changed so rapidly and then the pandemic happened where the, the very ways that we were interacting with new clients changed overnight and we all kind of had to figure out the social media. And like, luckily it's something that we built that I personally built my business on for years. So I was already there, but mm -hmm. for some people who are like really afraid of showing up and like, Oh my God, people might see that I'm flawed. I might not look perfect. I might not look professional. Like can we just agree that perfection and like 100% showing up is not necessarily the same thing. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. I think that, Seeking perfection is rejecting your own humanity. To be human means to be imperfect. Mm -hmm. And so when you show up and you try to be perfect and you put on those Instagram filters that make you look like you have no pores um, and you have lip injections every single morning when you wake up and, and everything just looks fake and suddenly your eyes are bright blue and typically they're dark brown and there's like sparkling glitter all around you. It's just not real. It's not authentic. And I think in, in the same sense, when we only show the best highlights of our life on social media, and it's this all about me content, and it's just everything is sunshine and rainbows and lollipops all the time, it's not authentic and it's not real. And it's 2021. Like we all went through 2020. We've all been on social media for a few years now. Our BS meter is really, really high. And what I mean by that is like, when you see someone, you know right away if they're lying to you. You know right away if they're inauthentic, if they're not being truthful, if they're being fake and pretentious and superficial. You know. We all know right away. And so why would you try to fake it? Why would you try to be perfect and try to fall into that category? It's going to turn people off. It's going to turn people away. Instagram got this really bad reputation from the influencer of 2015 mm -hmm. that life has to be perfect. It's all about private jets, fancy vacations, and showing off your wealth. When now on Instagram, that's what we reject. And a lot of people are still trying to play catch up. They're still trying to live this life that uh, was popular in 2015. It's not working anymore. And that's good news for all of us. You don't have to be a beautiful supermodel. You don't have to be, um, you know, the mega rich and wealthy to make it on Instagram. You just have to show up with authenticity, be yourself, show your true colors and your true personality and serve the heck out of your audience and you'll grow. Yeah, I couldn't agree with that more. And especially in an industry that's so people and connection focused, right? Like it's about real people and real relationships. That's what real estate businesses are built on. And I think that that should be 
one of the greatest release like of burdens when it comes to social media, just understanding that you can show up, be yourself, and that's actually going to be to your benefit in the end. So I love that. To that end, let's circle back to comparing ourselves and comparing Mm. metrics specifically, because one big thing that I reject wholeheartedly is like that likes are a measure of worth or progress, right? So what are we actually measuring and how can we compare not ourselves to others, but ourselves to our past selves? Does that make sense? Make sense? Yeah. You know what I'm trying to say? Absolutely. And that's actually exactly what I recommend. Okay. Um, you know, there's the old adage that comparison is the thief of joy. And I mm-hmm. absolutely believe that to be true. Um, and let's go with, first of all, if you are comparing yourself to someone else, you are comparing oftentimes your chapter one, two, and three to their chapter 14, 15, 16. You're at different stages, different seasons, different paths. Uh, you're comparing yourself to someone else who you don't know their full story. And a big part of that on Instagram and social media too is you don't know if their followers are bought, if their followers were paid for, if they're not even real. You don't know if their engagement is all fake and they're paying some service or some company to give them inauthentic likes and comments. So you feel defeated. You're like, oh, they have 10 times the amount of engagement that I do. And they've been doing this for less time. But you don't know if they're paying for that. You don't know if they bought that. And so I think that comparison is the thief of joy. And when you focus on other people's content and their um, stats and their insights, you take the focus off of not just yourself and producing your own content, but also you take the focus off of your own audience and off of serving and helping them. And I think that that's just, that's, uh, that's one of the best ways to fail on Instagram. If you want to fail on Instagram, if you want to not be successful on Instagram or any social media, get on the platform and start focusing on other people and what they're doing and their numbers. And it will lead to feelings of dejection and sadness and, and, and not good enough. And you're just not going to produce the kind of content uh, that's really going to serve and grow. So to your point, which I absolutely agree with, you should focus on your own stats from the past and not even necessarily likes because likes are counted in the Instagram algorithm, but likes are nowhere near as important as they were in 2012. When the only way you could engage with a post was to like it or to comment. Now you can save, you can share, you can um, follow, you can share it to your story. There's a million different ways that you can engage with posts. And the Instagram algorithm is taking all of those little metrics, metrics that you might have ever never even realized existed. Instagram is taking those into account. So when I look back at my posts, I really study three main statistics um, when it comes to insights. I study the number of shares that I'm getting because shares are what I prioritize. A share means at least one other person is seeing this content. Either someone's sharing it with their friend, boom, two other eyeballs, one other person is seeing it. They're sharing it to their stories. That means dozens, if not hundreds of other people are seeing it. They're sharing it to their group chats. Dozens of other people are now seeing my content. So shares are what I prioritize and track first of all. Saves are another really key metric for me to track. Um, And because a saved post is a valuable post. If someone is watching or reading through my content and they're like, wow, this is super educational. This is super valuable. It's human nature. It's the natural instinct on Instagram now to press that save button and to save the post. So I know that if my posts have a high number of saves, that means they're really valuable content. I had a post the other day that got more saves than it did likes. What that tells me is it was super valuable, super educational, but it might not have been the prettiest thing. It might not have been the cutest picture I've ever posted, 
but it was super valuable and educational. And I know that that ultimately is going to help me grow my following. And then of course, the third and final uh, number that I track is the number of followers that I have, the number of growth that's actually taking place there, because that's the end goal uh, with social media is to grow your following. But like we've been talking about, not just for vanity's sake, not just for, hey, I want to be an influencer. I want to have a million followers, but to grow your following with people who will become your client one day, to grow your following with ideal clients so that in the future you can do business with these people who are following you. I love it. Okay. So quick recap, we're looking at saves, shares, Mm -hmm. and just the general growth of our following. Are you using any third party tracking platform for that? Or are you just kind of like keeping an eye on it and just looking at it, just staying aware? Mm -hmm. So I'm just looking at it with my own posts. I don't use any third party tracking app. Um, I know that there are some really popular and really powerful tools. I recommend that everyone watching or listening switches to a creator account. That's what I'm currently recommending. Uh, On Instagram, there is public and uh, professional Instagram accounts. I recommend switching to a professional professional um, profile. And then within professional, there's two categories. There's business and creator. And I recommend creator because then you can uh, have a little bit added benefits um, and a little bit more preferential treatment compared to business. But honestly, business and creator, there's not a huge difference on Instagram. So I recommend creator. Um, And then I just track my insights right there on Instagram. It's too much for me to think about, um, you know, going to this other website, checking this other app. And I'm not a big fan of having outside apps logged in and having access to my Instagram. So I just check it and track it right there on IG. Yeah. Yeah. I'm in the same boat. I I think when I was learning how to like batch and plan contents, those third party apps were helpful because then you can like load it in and you can see what your grid would look like. But now at this point, I'm just kind of like on the fly. Like I know what I want to be posting. I know what the messages that I need to be sharing. And I find that the more I'm just showing up and forcing myself to do it, the better results I have. And I, and I really think that trying to get too complicated with this stuff is actually like a form of procrastination. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. It's kind of along those same lines of like trying to perfect it, trying to get the perfect analytic app and trying to get the perfect feed aesthetic and the perfect graphic design. Um, even if you're not using the word perfect, I think a lot of it still is perfectionism. Yeah. Yeah. I couldn't agree more. That's so cool. So, okay. Let's recap really quick. We're posting to reels four to seven, but heavier on the side of seven times a week. Mm-hmm. Um, are we doing like additional posts to the feed or IGTVs or lives in there too? Or are we really trying to just hone in on like that short form video right now? Mm-hmm. I think that if, if you only have the time for those reels, let's put those as priority number one. If you can get four to seven reels per week, though, and you still have time to create other content on Instagram, uh, the next highest priority would be a normal Instagram feed post. Mm-hmm. Um, and Instagram recommends about three to five of those a week. So the way I'm basically simplifying it on Instagram right now is two posts a day, one reel one non-real. That should be your goal on Instagram. And of course, that's a lofty goal. And I know people might be nervous when they hear that, uh, but it is something attainable and it's a goal to shoot for. It's something to strive for. It's something you might not get uh, and reach every single day on Instagram. But if you're posting consistently twice a day, one real and one non-real, your account will grow. Absolutely. Your account will grow. And then outside of that, um, everything else uh, besides that, I would say is kind of like a bonus. So live videos, they're not extremely important. They're not going to make or break your Instagram account. But if you can do one to two lives a week, 
awesome. I can tell you, I maybe do one a week. Uh, same thing with IGTVs, one to two a week. Awesome. I probably do about one a week. Um, and then stories, as we briefly touched on earlier, they're very different than the Instagram feed. So all of these feed posts, which reels, non-reels, so like your typical Instagram feed post, IGTVs, all of these things end up in your feed. Feed posts help you grow your account. Feed posts help you serve your existing audience. Stories don't do that. Stories do not help you uh, grow your following, but stories do still play a role in that stories help you build those relationships. Like we talked about earlier, stories are where you get really personal and build those relationships. So your following will not grow. You will not go wider. As you said, you will not cast a wider net with your Instagram stories, but you can cast a deeper net and really build those deeper connections with stories. So how many stories? Five a day, is a great goal, five Instagram stories per day. And I know this all sounds like a lot of content, uh, but as you practice over time, you're gonna learn that it's actually something that can go really, really, really fast. Yeah, I agree. Um, and and for me, at this point, I'm posting a couple times a week and that's where I find, right now that's where I'm experimenting with like, how low can I go in terms of actually posting <laughs> during the week? Um, because I just, I'm a busy lady. I've got the baby. I've got the business and we all have our excuses, but that's where I'm at right now. And I'm giving myself the grace. However, I do want to create more reels and I want to be a little more consistent in that. So that's a goal of mine. And I'm going to try to make it happen. Stories are something that I love doing every single day and going super deep. Um, and, and I find that I book the majority of my appointments with my prospective clients in the stories. And I think I saw a stat of like one in four DMs from the story or one in four stories result in a, in a DM. Is that, have you experienced that too? Yeah, absolutely. So that's definitely the case. I think a lot of people have how to sell or how to get clients on Instagram. They kind of have it flipped on its head. They think that clients come from your feed posts and then maybe some clients will come from your stories. And then who even knows what the DMs are for when really <laughs> it's the opposite your Instagram feed, you're going to get, you shouldn't be selling very much on your Instagram feed. Your Instagram feed should not be, you know, come work with me, come be a client. Because when you're selling in your Instagram feed, you're not serving. Like you said earlier, selling and serving are very opposite. So when you're selling in your Instagram feed, you're turning people away. Stories are a great place to build those connections and to do some selling, to do some connection um, and to get some clients. But really the ultimate goal is to get people from stories to DMs, mm -hmm. DMs also known as direct messages. And those direct messages are the best place to sell, the best place to get new clients, the best place to get people to sign up and to build those, uh, uh, these, those actual customer relations because direct messages are where relationships are truly built. There's no better place, no better way to build a relationship with someone than through a one-on-one -on -one communication. Sure, they can get to know you from your feed or your stories, but they really get that personal touch when you are having a one-on-one -on -one direct message conversation. So your goal is to get them from Instagram stories to your direct messages, either by creating curiosity or creating some reason for them to DM you by watching your stories. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I like it. And it's, it's a more direct form of communication, right? It's outside of the public eye. So people can kind of open up and speak freely without thinking that their comments are going to be like seen by the entire app. So it completely makes sense. Um, let's talk about that journey a little bit. So they um, are brought in through your real, like new consumers are brought in through your reels, or your posts, 
they interact with you there. They're like, oh, this black guy, he's pretty cool. I'm going to follow him. They start watching your stories and you extend an offer or say something that makes them want to take that step, that next step further. And they mm-hmm. shoot into your DMs like, hey, this is really interesting. Tell me more. Or maybe they ask you a question. From that point, what's the plan? Like you find a hand raiser in the DMs. Where are we going with that? From that point, you build the relationship the same way you would offline. It takes time and it takes taking an interest in them and not a self-serving interest. Like I, let's again, let's talk about dating and let's think about that first date. It's not the, the setup question of like, hey, do you like football? And then you wait for their answer so that I can tell you, hey, I was a college football player and I'm going to tell you about this. And I'm going to talk to you about sports for the next hour and me, 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 me. Yeah. It's asking questions to get to know the person. And then you can decide, you'll know, are they ready for this? Are they asking for this offer? Do they want this link? Or is this not the right time? Should I direct them to one of my other feed posts or a YouTube video? Should I direct them to this resource for free and just kind of, you know, let them, let them get uh, that, that info from me without asking for anything in return? But I think when you approach this relationship, even though it feels foreign and it feels like something you're not used to because it's in the Instagram DMs, we need to treat it like the relationships we are used to, the real life offline relationships that we built our entire lives, caring about the other people, asking them questions, really getting to know them and just trying to uh, serve them the best you can. Yeah, totally. I love it. So, okay. We're posting our reels. We're showing up on the feed. We're showing up on the stories with our face. Hopefully people, cameras on, and we're having conversations in the DMs. This to me is prospecting time. This is how you grow a business. And a lot of real estate agents might see it as like a hobby or one of those extra things that they don't really understand how to like build into their routines. So let's talk about making time for this and committing to it for the long haul. How often are you doing this every day? Like how much time are you committing and how are you building it into a routine along with all of the other things you're doing because you're running other successful businesses too? Mm-hmm, absolutely. And so, and that's a really big driving force be- behind everything that I teach and create is I don't want you to have to spend 18 hours a day mm-hmm. on Instagram. Um, in reality, and this might, might shock some people, this might sound like a really high number to some and a really low number to others. I think that ideally you should be spending maybe two and a half hours per day on Instagram, two to three hours per day is a good range. If you want to spend more than that, by all means, knock your socks off. If you want to spend less than that, it is possible, but you're really going to have to be uh, uh, efficient. You're really going to have to create your posts and engage um, in an efficient way. I think two hours is about the minimum that I would recommend if you're really trying to grow on Instagram. Uh, but I have very strict boundaries and rules and habits that I've set up around my Instagram. So I'm not just responding to every comment when it comes in and answering every DM when it comes in and trying to balance all these different, mm-hmm. uh, all these different plates at once. I have specific times of the day where I answer direct messages. I have specific times of the day where I create content or even specific days of the week where I batch produce content so that I have content available for me every other day of the week. I have certain times of the days where I know I'm posting or I know I'm engaging and spending time actually being social on social media. So I think that setting up these boundaries and rules for yourself and these habits that actually work for you is the best way to make sure that you're not sucked into the vortex of spending 18 hours a day on Instagram and not having anything to show for it. Yeah, I love it. I think that's a really good point. And, and for us, like in real estate, kind of the rule of thumb is you need to be doing two hours of prospecting a day regardless. Um, and the way I see it is like the, the traditional forms of getting business in real estate is doing open houses. 
So like, do you want to go sit in an empty open house for four hours and maybe get like 12 people that walk in? Or do you want to do cold calling, which is what a lot of agents do? Do you want to call and get hung up on hundred times in 60 minutes and get tons of rejection for that one person who might hang on long enough for you to try and book an appointment? Um, like there's just, it's just a choice, right? Like in any kind of business or in any industry you're in, you can decide how you want to spend your time getting in front of the consumer, right? In front of the ideal client. And it can either be on something which you might actually enjoy, which is Instagram, which I have a ton of fun with, or you can do something that is just like life sucking, you know, that's the way I see it. What do you think? Absolutely. I could not agree more. Love it. Okay. So what's your big goal for, for 2021? Like, what are you trying to make sure that you really hit this year in terms of like Instagram growth or trying out new strategies on the app? Mm -hmm. I am trying to, and this might sound crazy to some people. I'm trying to spend less time working. I'm trying to spend less time on Instagram. I'm trying to spend less time, uh, less work for myself. I'm trying to remove myself from my businesses and create systems and teams and optimize all of this. Um, So you might expect me to say that I'm trying to reach 300,000 followers and I have goals of how many followers I want to reach. I'm getting close to 100,000 now. So I'm sure I'll do uh, a little celebration when I hit 100K. I have those goals and I'm working on growing on YouTube and TikTok as well. Um, But most of my goals for myself are a little bit more long-term. I'm trying to create separation from myself and my business so that I don't have to stay in this proverbial hamster wheel of creating content for the rest of my life. But I will say this, and I will affirm what you just said before. I have a lot of fun with this. So I have a lot of fun creating content and posting on Instagram. Uh, So it's not something that I dread. It's not something that uh, is draining for me. It brings me a lot of energy and a lot of joy. But long term, I am looking forward to separating myself eventually uh, from almost all of my work responsibilities. Hmm, interesting. So is that mm-hmm. to pursue like other interests or other business opportunities or simply just to make sure that you're actually running a business and not being like the quote unquote salesperson? A little bit of both, a little bit of both. Um, and also a little bit of just trying to uh, focus on family, put my family first and uh, prioritize those things and spend a lot less time working. I think that the four hour work week is, is a great goal to strive for. Um, I think that there's a lot of, uh, this hustle culture that's being propagated within the entrepreneurial world. And, uh, one of my very good friends, one of uh, a fellow Instagram expert posted the other day about how, um, the bags under your eyes are a, a sign of success. And it's posts like that, that, uh, like, like you just did, you know, they make, they make me roll my eyes because yeah. it's like, that's not my goal. My goal is not to drive myself and work myself to death and and spend late nights and become a workaholic. My goal is to create less work for myself and create more time to spend with my family and doing the things I love and uh, pursuing all my other passions outside of work. Um, So I know this is definitely a left turn from talking about Instagram, but Instagram is what's going to allow me to do that. Yeah. And and I couldn't agree more. When you get into real estate, for example, for us, one of the main reasons if you pull real estate professionals, like why they get into the business, it's a feeling of freedom and flexibility. Those are the two words that come up the most. And it's the freedom of time, like having autonomy on what decisions you make and how you spend your time and like the flexibility with that as well. Um, But you don't get that unless you build in those systems and you build in the pathways to grow your business at scale. Um, so I love that you are looking to create 
that for your life as well and, and move in that direction. I think that that's a um, really good example for a lot of people who are wanting to, you know, create massive successes in their lives. Thank you. Cool. Well, where can people find you, Brock, if they want to continue the conversation? Absolutely. The best place to get connected with me is, of course, on Instagram. Uh, my username across all platforms is Brock11Johnson. So that one one uh, is right in the middle of my username. If you want to uh, laugh for a little bit and enjoy some funny content or some captivating content, you can check me out on TikTok. But the best place to get connected to start a conversation and a relationship um, is over on IG. Love it. And if people want specific strategies and training around Instagram, um, I know you have ways that you can help people with that as well. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So of course on my Instagram, there are tons and tons of free resources and tips every single day. I try to post at least one uh, valuable thing so you can learn and walk away from my Instagram that day with, Hey, I have some new action item. I have some new lesson that I learned. I try to post something valuable like that every single day. But um, if you're trying to figure out how to use reels, how to actually like find your niche on Instagram, how to sell on Instagram. Like what does that actually look like? Uh, we have an Instagram membership community and I say we because it's run by my mom and myself. Uh, it might sound funny to say my mom, but she actually has way more followers than me. She's got over half a million followers on Instagram and she is a marketing expert herself. She's taught me everything uh, that I know. And we have a membership community on Instagram called the Insta Club Hub. And that's where you can get more information on that is instaclubhub.com. Inside that membership, we do two live trainings every single month on advanced topics and the most relevant up-to-date information. And there are dozens, over 50, I believe, uh, short bite-sized screen flow tutorials. So you can learn all the ins and outs like how do you add text to reels? How do you add voiceovers on your Instagram reels? How do you even use the Instagram app? We have tutorials on all of that. Um, and there's also a 24 seven expert Q and a that's available um, inside the Insta club Hub. So I highly recommend if you're ready to take your Instagram to the next level, I highly recommend checking out the Insta club hub. So rad. Thank you so much for sharing all that. And you guys, I will have all of the details in the show notes below. So check those out and do take a step further to check out Brock's Instagram. He is someone who practices what he preaches and you're also a lot of fun to watch too. Uh, I want to acknowledge you for putting yourself out there and being so committed to doing the work and building your presence on social media, but also helping others do it as well. I think it's really awesome. Thank you so much, Stephanie. I really appreciate that. Thanks. Thanks. Well, you've been so generous with your time and your knowledge. I appreciate you coming on the show. Um, hopefully we can continue the conversation at another time, but I really appreciate it. Absolutely. Thank you. Thanks for tuning in. A high five on taking some time to invest in yourself and in your business. If you're looking for more, head over to the show notes to find all the details and links to resources mentioned in this episode of the Market Authority Show. And if you're looking to find a new crew of like-minded pros to ask questions and bounce ideas off of, head over to the marketauthorityacademy.com to join my exclusive community on Facebook, check out my latest free masterclass and tons of bonus content, or apply to my mentorship program to learn how I can help you triple your business this year. Until next time, keep on crushing it.